Welcome to Wide Awake. Whether you're a longtime follower of Christ, new to the faith, or someone who may be skeptical about the claims of Christ, we hope these next few minutes will build you up, encourage you, and help you wake up to deep, meaningful life in Christ. Well, welcome to Wide Awake. I'm Chris Clark and hosting a special episode today. I've got Chase and Audra in the studio with me. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. Yeah, glad to be here. So we're actually recording a Good Friday Reflection, and I thought we'd start with just a little bit of a um, personal question. Um, I know everybody comes from different backgrounds here and church upbringing and all of that, so uh, maybe just speak to what Good Friday has meant to you over the years. Did you go to a service? Did you grow up um, acknowledging Good Friday? What did that look like for y'all? Yeah, so for me, we didn't do a whole lot. We might, I I think I vaguely remember a couple of Good Friday services, but as I was in college um, and I just kind of started leaning in and and hearing about a little more liturgical and church calendar practices, um, I do remember going to a Monday Thursday service and starting to observe Lent sometimes, and and that's its whole thing I know about. (laughs) People have lots of opinions about that, but um, it was really beneficial for me, and we would have like a a Good Friday uh, reflection. And so I started to really see the the benefit of the church calendar cycles and just how really helpful that is. So, yeah, I would say it's kind of a newer thing, but really helpful to me. That's cool. I know like growing up for me— Definitely Easter Sunday was a big Sunday. I grew up in a home where we didn't go to church very frequently, but definitely on the big holidays. But I don't recount anything about Good Friday other than like knowing from Bible stories and, you know, sitting in Sunday school classes that like Friday was the day Jesus died and went to the grave and Sunday was the day he rose again. It probably wasn't until about 10, maybe 12 years ago that I started understanding you know, acknowledging Good Friday as a service or as a remembrance. And for me, it's become this tradition of, of really just reading through the story of Jesus's journey to the death on the cross. And that's really shaped how uh, I'm able to worship through the Easter holiday. And I feel like I just can't ever look back now. Like it has, I have to acknowledge what Jesus went through in order to fully celebrate uh, his resurrection on Sundays. Yeah. Similar experience to you guys. I, we did go to church regularly. I remember Easter being big Sunday, Easter egg hunts and petting zoo at church and bright colors and all that. But I don't remember anything um, about Good Friday. It feels like Easter was when you celebrated Jesus's death and Jesus's resurrection. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And wasn't until, um, again, yeah, similar to you, Audra, after college, um, going to a church that did a Good Friday service and the helpfulness of separating those two and entering into Jesus's sacrificial death on Friday um, and then celebrating the resurrection as its own thing on Sunday. Yeah. So that's what we're, that's why we're having a special episode is I think we as a church want to acknowledge Good Friday in preparation for Easter Sunday. We want to take a minute to reflect on, well, not a minute, a few minutes, uh, really over the next 20 minutes or so to just reflect on the story of Jesus. And so we're going to do just that. We're going to actually just read it verbatim from Scripture. Um, we'll have some pauses in between the readings, and I'll actually lead a couple of songs, a couple of hymns uh, that really uh, hopefully will help you enter into this story in fullness. And 
Um, I want to just challenge wherever you're listening, maybe challenge you to set aside this time. Um, I know for me, I, I listen to podcasts a lot when I'm driving or running or, you know, kind of to and fro and that's helpful. Um, and, and maybe that's how you need to listen to this and that's okay. There's grace for that. But if you are, are able to maybe just set aside the next 20 minutes, um, and, and get to a quiet place and allow yourself some space just to really enter in and uh, process the, the scripture, process what Jesus has done for us. And so that's the invitation that we've got for you today. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me a sinner condemned unclean for me it was in the garden he prayed not my will but thine he had no tears for his own griefs but sweat drops of blood for mine how marvelous how wonderful and my song shall ever be how marvelous how wonderful is my Savior's love for me He took my sins and my sorrows He made Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples across the brook Kidron, where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas, having procured a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that would happen to him, came forward and said to them, Whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When Judas said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. So he asked them again, Whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you seek me, let these men go. 
This was to fulfill the word that he had spoken. Of those whom you gave me, I have lost not one. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? So the band of soldiers and their captain and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he entered with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest, but Peter stood outside at the door. So the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to the servant girl who kept watch at the door and brought Peter in. The servant girl at the door said to Peter, You also are not one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the servants and officers had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were standing and warming themselves. Peter also was with them, standing and warming himself. The high priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple where all the Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I say to them. They know what I said. When he had said these things, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If what I said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But but if I said what is right, why do you strike me? Annas then sent him bound to Caiaphas the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. So they said to him, You also are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter again denied it, and at once a rooster crowed. Then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. It was early morning. They themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters so that they would not be defiled, but could eat the Passover. So Pilate went outside to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered him, If this man were not doing evil, we would not have delivered him over to you. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. The Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did the others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews, but my kingdom is not from this world. Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king? 
Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? After he said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him, but you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. So do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him, and the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. They came up to him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you, that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold, the man! When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to that law he ought to die, because he has made himself the Son of God. When Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. He entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, You will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. From then on, Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the Stone Pavement in an Aramaic, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation for the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. He said to the Jews, Behold your king! They cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he delivered him over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus, and he went out, bearing his own cross to the place called the place of a skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him, two others, one on either side, and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the King of the Jews, but rather, This man said, I am the King of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier, also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. 
So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it, to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture, which says, They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, he said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Since it was the day of preparation, and so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he's telling the truth, that you also may believe. For these things took place that the scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And again, another scripture says, They will look on him whom they have pierced. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly, for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took away his body. Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds in weight. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen cloths with the spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. So because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. Here is love, vast as the ocean, loving kindness is the flood. When the Prince of Life, our ransom, shed for us His precious blood, who His love will not remember, who can cease to sing His praise, He can never be forgotten through our heaven's eternal. Fountains open deep and wide Through the floodgates of God's mercy Float a vast and gracious tide Grace and love like mighty rivers Poured incessant from above And heaven's peace and perfect justice Kiss the guilty world in love 
Let me all that love accepting Love thee ever all my days Let me seek thy kingdom only In my life be to thy praise Thou alone shall be my glory Nothing in the world I see Thou hast cleansed and sanctified me Thou thyself hast set me free God's grace becomes real to us as we personally engage it by faith. Would you pray this with me as I read along? Lord, your mercy is higher than the heavens, wider than our wanderings, deeper than all our sin. Jesus, I confess that it was my sin that sent you to the cross. I have sinned against you in my thoughts, words, attitudes, and actions. Forgive me. Forgive the sins that I remember and the sins I have forgotten. Teach me what it means that you are a friend of sinners. Grow my confidence in your grace and my trust in your word. Help me to see the real you, your outstretched arms, your loving heart, your power to save. In a world that is broken and uncertain, thank you for your grace that it never runs out and that your love never ends. Thank you for taking a few minutes to reflect on Jesus' death with us during this Good Friday Reflection. We hope that you'll continue to celebrate this weekend by gathering with Christians wherever you are on Sunday morning to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus together. If you're here in Edmond, we'd love to have you at Redemption Church. We'll gather at 1030 a.m. at the Nye Center on the campus of the University of Central Oklahoma. Wide Awake is produced by Redemption Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. If what we talked about today resonated, please subscribe to our podcast and share this episode with a friend. Also, we'd love to hear from you. If you have questions or topics that you would like for us to cover, you can email us at wideawake at redemptionokc.com. Lastly, if you're looking for more ways to wake up to deep, meaningful life in Christ, we'd love for you to join us for our Sunday worship gatherings. We gather each week at 10.30 a.m. to grow as followers of Christ. You can also join us by watching online at redemptionokc.com. All are welcome. The only requirement is to come as you are. Until next time, may the light of Christ shine on you.